the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Welcome to uh, this edition of The Kingdom and Its Stories, which is both a video cast as well as a radio program and a podcast. So you'll be able to catch us in in several different venues. But uh, today I have the privilege of interviewing Omar Gomez. And uh, Omar is... uh, is a person that I have not met uh, except um, yesterday. Um, we had a, a really good conversation, and I'm excited for him to kind of share his journey. But just to remind everybody that this program is about encouraging followers of Jesus to be Jesus' hands and feet, so that when we have the opportunity to share the content of the gospel, People can see it um, lived out in our lives. You know, I, I think that, you know, I love the, deci- uh, the definition of discipleship as helping people look more and more like Jesus um, rather than, you know, memorizing uh, a lot of content. And, and that's what um, the stories of the kingdom and the kingdom and stories is about. It's, it's about helping those who listen to see how God is working in the lives of others of Jesus' followers to be able to be Jesus' hands and feet. So, Omar, um, uh, let me introduce you. And uh, first of all, you know, tell us, who is Omar Gomez? Who is he? Awesome. Well, for me, my, my greatest title is being a father and having a family. That's what drives uh, everything for me. But yeah, I am uh, 45 years old and uh, I'm a follower of Jesus. I've been saved for now, uh, I will say, 23 years when I recommitted myself to the Lord. And since then, I've been following him and and uh, it's it's been an amazing journey. Yeah. Okay. So you have a good accent. So where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> I am from Mexico. I grew up in Mexico. Well, I was here from zero years, zero to three years old. And then my mom took me back to Mexico, and then I was there for 22 years. And then we came back to United States. So I basically, I always say that I, you know, 20 years Mexico, 20 years in the United States. Right. You know, so half you, and half. You're truly a bicultural person. <laughs> That's and, correct. Yeah. So what do you do to, uh, to put meat and potatoes on the table for your family? 
Well, to be honest with you, uh, when I came to the United States, uh, I wanted to be an amazing mus musician. And uh, one of the followers, I was following Eric Johnson and such great guitar players. That okay. was, And I realized that uh, uh, my life was destroyed and I needed to restore my life first before pursuing a career. So I started going to church and uh, without knowing, I've be, I, I, I been leading worship. I, I am a worship pastor. You see, everybody says, uh, I am a worship leader. I am a worship leader. But when I find myself in this position, helping people, I'm saying, I, my passion is not just to lead people to sing. It's to pastor people, to be a, a spiritual father. And that's why I call myself worship pastor, not worship leader. But that's so, what I've been what, doing. What, 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 could you... Tr could you superimpose the word discipleship pastor for worship pastor uh yeah do those two go together in your mind definitely definitely i think you know i see everything just for you to understand me i see everything through music and the heart of worship in life sports is number two but and and so when I read the Bible, I read the Bible through these two. And when we talk about discipleship and being a follower of Jesus, it's kind of what it is, right? The, the Bible says that God blesses the one who listens and obey, not just the ones who Amen. listen. Amen. And, uh, and so when we, <laughs> when, when we put that in practice, it's it, let's, let's do, right? And in everything we do in sports and in music, you have to have discipline, and 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 that's being a dis disciple. Right? If you want to grow spiritually, you have to have the spiritual discipline. It's not being legalistic. It's having a. If you I, go to the I, gym, I, I I thought that if you were a Christian, it wasn't work. You just kind of relaxed, and you didn't have to have discipline. You just kind of did what came naturally. Is that is that not true? <laughs> exactly. You see, and you see when when I came, I came so desperate for God, and I live in legalism like for easy eight years of my life because I was so spiritually uh, I was in need and I didn't know better. So everything you was giving me, I was eating it. And I, after eight years, I realized I was, I was very legalistic and really a religious person. So I went from one side to another one, say, I don't want this anymore. Now I want to the, all the other side, the grace. And I discovered, yeah, but I can just pray when I feel it. I can just see God when I feel it because I don't want to, have a spiritual discipline. So right. I really believe in, in the word balance with being in the grace, but also believing when we talk about discipleship for me is foundations, right? And you need foundations for everything. That's the other word that I put together with discipleship. Okay. You need a, when you play music, you want the flashy stuff. You want the reef, you want the leaks, but you don't have understanding on your foundation. And the Bible is the same thing. When you come to Christ, you want to do the flash. You want to heal people and all that. But sometimes you don't have a foundation. And I always like to go down to the basics. Yeah. So the basics are discipline and foundation. <laughs> yes. Yep. And uh, we always know more than what we do, right? We think we do. <laughs> yeah. We think we know more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's—I think—that's one of the problems of discipleship in many of our churches. We teach knowledge and content rather than with an equal, which is necessary, but without the equal emphasis on on what you said is the doing, the actual putting into practice what we know. That is correct. So, so Omar, um, I understand that. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the word sports a couple of times, and and I 
I know that you like to visit the basketball court. Um, what's that all about? Oh, I got so much to say about that. But for me, now that you know I am a worship pastor, I am leading worship in church. And as much as that can be very flashy, my life is not complete. If all I do is come to church and sing, I don't feel complete. There's something missing in my life. Mm. And mm. why I know, because I've done it that way. But when you go out there, and, and, and I started going to go play basketball with my son. I have a son who is 14 years old and a daughter who's nine years old. And we started going to the park together for my kids. But all of a sudden, I see I'm playing with these other kids and my son's friends. And I see their lives, my friends' life, my, my son's friends' lives are destroyed. Marriages, different situations. And I start, the pastoral heart that I have, I start analyzing behind the scenes. I say, all these kids, they need a father. All these mm. kids. So... We started three people going to the park to the point. I think we gathered together like 40 people. What, 40 people? Like 40 people easily. Week after week after week, they started gathering and we built a culture of honoring because, you know, it can be very competitive about winning. It can be very selfish. But the meaning just are, you know, I'm not here for myself. I, I noticed something that it was in me that they needed. And, and I started praying, God. As much as I like basketball and I like playing with my kids and for myself, I like to win. I started praying, I'm not here for me. If you want to use me in this area, use me and open my eyes to see what you see, the way you see these kids. And I started doing this, this, it had, two years went by. And once again, I think the greatest uh, mission that we have is to preach the gospel, right? Therefore, go and make disciples of all the right. nations, yeah. right? Baptizing them in the name of the Son and the, and the Holy Spirit, right? And the Father. And teach all these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. This is the great commission that we give fire to our lives. It's not sometimes singing through the microphone is a way. But for me, it's, if I'm not doing what is uh, significant, which is mentoring others, and helping others, loving others, one way to start is just by being yourself present in the community. When everybody is, F this, give me the ball, F that, and, and they're being who they are. And in that community, you start loving on them, and you bring the culture of heaven and say, good basketball, hey, that was good defense. Good. And my team says, what are you doing? You're praising the other team, <laughs> you know? And I teach them that it's not about, you know, winning. It's a friendship is more important than winning a game. And sometimes I even have to remind the other team, hey, buddy, you may win this game, but you're, you're going to lose a friend because you're not passing the ball to your friends. Wow. You're being, yeah. <laughs> and they look at me like that. And then they, their own team says, he's right. He's right. You got to give us the ball. <laughs> right. Now, these 40, 40 people that gather, are, are they... Are they just people from the neighborhood or are they people from the church or what? That is correct. You know, you know, there's some people, uh, as you know, a lot of people move from New York to over here to the Valley. And, right. and you see all different mm -hmm. Indians, you see African-Americans, you see Catholics, you, you see, you know, Mormons, you see all kinds of people. One day it was two Mormons. They were all dressed up preaching the gospel and they wanted to play basketball with us. And of okay. course, you know. Yeah. I welcomed them and I, I became their friends, you know, and, uh, and, you know, here and there you, you throw some truths, truths about the Bible and gospel, but 
your life is a story, Rena. We, as as we were talking, you know, we are ambassadors. We represent yeah. His kingdom. Amen. His kingdom is inside of us, and we should be reproducing that automatically, not because we have to, but sure. because we have this relationship with Christ. And the fruit should be just dropping off the trees by yourself. Not, <laughs> we're not forcing people to eat our fruit. Right. I have a question for you, Omar. Yeah. And, and that question is, you know, you, you talk about discipleship. And I'm wondering if you see that your work with these kids on the basketball court, before they encounter Jesus, do you see that as discipleship? In other words, can discipleship happen before people encounter Jesus? What's your of, what's your thought of, about that? Of course, it's, we're planting seeds, right? Okay, and, and that's uh, discipleship. Exactly, we're planting seeds. Everything is discipleship. You're planting, and and somebody else will come and put some more water. Okay. Like we, we are one big kingdom and we all play a little piece on it. I don't have to yeah. make that fruit to go from, from being green all the way to being mature. No, I held the fruit a little bit as the Holy Spirit allows me to get into his life. So you don't have to have the, you don't have to be the only one doing the discipleship. You're that is part correct. of the process. That's, that is correct. Okay. All right. For those of you who are uh, watching and listening I'm uh, in a conversation with Omar Gomez, and he's a brother who's uh, a worship pastor, a worship discipler um, at a local church here in, in the Valley of Phoenix, Arizona. And, um, and one of the things that Omar loves to do is to disciple kids on the basketball court, and, uh, as well as in the music ministry at his church. And so we're just kind of exploring, you know, his life and some of the things that he does that can be an encouragement to us. Omar, tell us, tell us a story or two of, of some of the kids that you've met and what you see as the consequence of, of your involvement in their lives. Uh, there's, there's been a few stories. Let me, let me think. It was one kid there that he was he was a leader, and uh, I remember this. This is remember when I started going, I didn't know what it was inside of me. I didn't know that I was a magnet to this kid, and I was gonna be triggered. So here, all of a sudden, I find myself playing with ten people with different backgrounds, different cultures, and two kids start fighting in the middle of the game. So here, you know, what, what am I doing here? These kids are fighting and nobody knows I am a pastor at this point. I don't walk around with titles there. I don't, like, ti- <laughs> I don't like titles. I'm, yeah. I, want, I want them to connect with me because of Omar. That's it. The minute I reveal my title, I know people change attitudes with me. And I don't want Absolutely. that. Yeah. So, so these kids are fighting. And, and at the end, you know, I try to calm them down and blah, blah, blah. At the end... His name is Martin. So Martin goes on the side of the court and he says, Martin, can I talk to you for a second? This is the first time I met this kid. Martin, can I talk to you for a second? See, I don't like talking, he says. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, but uh, I, I really want to help you out, man. I, I am on your side. I am on your side. Don't worry. Yeah, tell me, he says. And I say, you are such a great leader. And, and the reason why... They're picking on you because you are the best basketball player in the court. Wow. Don't, you, don't you know that? You are the best. 
But, uh, but then they say, but you don't have nothing to demonstrate. You make more like 75% of the points. You don't have anything to demonstrate to anybody. So, so when somebody come and pick on you, don't play their game. Don't do it. Well, the, I think the reason why you're doing it is because you want to demonstrate that you are the best, but you don't have to demonstrate. But you already proved to us, don't you? My guess. I promise you that the next day we play with the different people. It was a different team. And the same thing happened to him. The, the best guy of the other core started kind of bullying him, right, and pushing right. him, and pressuring yeah. him. And, and then at the end, he was almost a fight. And I told him, Martin, remember what, remember what I told you? Don't play their game. If you're losing the joy for playing this game, and then you're not doing it for the right reason. You're right. You're right. I don't even want to do this anymore. <laughs> this is not fun. I say, exactly. Yeah. See, exactly. You are a leader and you're so good. And this opened up the conversation for me to get to know him. Guess what? Martin went to the army. Six years passed by. And this, this past month, we're thinking, where is Martin? I haven't seen Martin around. Hey, he went to the army. He enlisted himself in yeah. serving our nation. I was like, look at that. Yeah. Amen. So, yeah. so you get to see, you get to see these situations. Do I got time for one more? One more oh, question? yeah. Yeah, you sure do. So, so sometimes you don't get to prove it. There is one kid that his wife was pregnant and he was playing with a mask all the time. But we didn't, we didn't know why. And I asked him, hey, bro, why do you play with your mask all the time? He said, because my wife is pregnant and I need to protect her. Oh, mm. wow. got it. And then, and, then I, and then he complained. All of a sudden, this kid disappeared. He doesn't go to the court anymore. And in like a month, a month and a half passed by, and I asked my friend, hey, what is, I forgot his name, but I asked him for this, why? For some reason, I am thinking and thinking and thinking of this kid, and I don't know why. Let's pray for him, I tell to, I tell to my listener. You know what? Remember the wife was, was about delivered? Maybe she is delivering, mm-hmm. right? So we took, I say, I, I, let's write this day, and let's pray for him, because maybe she's delivering today, and we're praying for her. Whenever he comes back, we're going to ask him, hey, did your son born this and this and this day? Because I think the Holy Spirit has prayed for us. Yeah. This, is how, this is how open we are about the, the function of the Holy Spirit. And we are not alone in this. We need to understand that we're not alone in this. This is the fun. This is the, God didn't give us a task and abandon us. No, he gave us the Holy Spirit to go through this. Amen. You know, and, and it's so much fun. And I'm waiting for this kid to come back. That's the final story. And I got it in my phone when I was praying for him. When I think the Lord told me, you know, his wife is delivering. Yeah, right. I know, Omar, you know, when we were talking yesterday, you told me a story about Sam's, um, Sam's Club. And I thought, you know, this guy, Omar, uh-huh. is not only a discipler on the court with kids from the community. He doesn't restrict his outreach to, um, to kids on the court. Even when he's shopping, he has an opportunity and he takes it. Tell us. Tell us that story you told me yesterday. Yeah, it, it happens very organically, to be honest. Once again, we study the Bible, we read, we come to church, we're in the community, right? But uh, Thursday is my uh, Thursday is my my is my day with my wife. It's my date, and we love going to Sam's or Costco. We go and shop <laughs> and do the groceries. That's our date. Yeah, tell, talk to my wife about that. I'd like her to be encouraged to go. <laughs> 
So I love going to my this is where I it's where I earn my points, right? Okay. <laughs> and, and here I am, and and this kid is pushing one of the big carts, the flatbed, yeah, full of stuff, and he's pushing it. I'm not I, I'm not even look at his face, but I got this impression from that he's doing the right thing, that he's in the right spot, he's at the right job, and he needs to know. So I feel the Holy Spirit said he needs to know. You know, it's been other occasions where the Holy Spirit talks to me and I start asking questions, but, but how? But what else do you want? Why do you want to tell him that? You know, and right. we start with this question. I promise that this time I was, I don't know, I was I was in a good mood and I just went. I said, hey, brother, come. I, said, I don't have a question for you. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. What can I do for you? Said, I feel like uh, I have a word from you from God. And, and can I give it to you? Can I? And so yeah, sure. So I told him. This I think was, this was in Sam's Club. This is in Sam's Club, and I told him, I feel, I feel like, like, like you wonder if you are in the right position, in the right job, in the right season. But I feel God wants to let you know that He's really proud of you, and that yes, you are where you're supposed to be. God wants you to know that you are where you're supposed to be, and He's gonna bless you here. And this, this, this is mo- this is just moment uh, for just for a season, but he wants you to know that he's with you and he's very pleased with you. As humble your job is, it's not the most exciting things to be working at Psalms, right? God is with you and he's very pleased with you. It, it was as simple as that. But I know, but when you're going through a season, this can be very meaningful to him. He look at me. He says, "Wow, I needed to hear that." He says, "I am, I, I mean, I am a big person of faith." I have a lot of faith in my heart, he told me. Yeah. And and you don't know what you just did to me, but you made my my day. He said, No, thank you. Oh. I said thank you. And, and then I just left him and he left. And five minutes, ten minutes later, I got this download. The Holy Spirit started. When we move in faith, I believe the Lord Wait, you, wait a minute. You call that a download from the Holy Spirit? I like yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> I get this download. I mean, I'm not thinking of this. This is just a download. Okay, you know, right. what do I do with this, right? And I felt like the reason why he was doing it was his mom. He God was giving me another piece. Mm. That the reason why he's doing this, this is for his mom, and he God sees that. You see, this is a piece of knowledge that I don't know. And if I release that to him, that will be build his faith and encourage him. Like, how does he know this, right? How does he know this? Right, right. And uh, but uh, but uh, but anyway, I didn't see him again. At this time, an, a, another guy passes. This is another customer. He's pushing his car, and this is a young guy, and it was an adult with him. And he's going to pay. And I got, this guy is a leader and God wants to use him. He is mm. a leader. And that's all I got. God, this guy is a leader and God wants. So I want you to go tell him that I want to use him and he's in my radar. And I'm like, oh Lord, but he was in a rush. I left him and I couldn't say anything to him. So I keep shopping with my wife. 10 minutes later, I go and pay to the register. Right. And guess, guess what? The guy is next to me. Well, I mean it. The guy is next to me in the register, so I got no excuse now. It's like, you are next to me now, I got to tell you. And then, you know, it's we're this full of people. And right away, I say, hey, brother, can I can I talk to you? And he looked at me like, uh, what did I did? And then I started the wrong way. I always start the wrong way. Yeah. I say, remember when you were moving the car over there? I said, oh, my, what did I did? He made this yeah. face, right? <laughs> no, no, you didn't do anything wrong. I, I feel like the Lord, gave, God gave me a word for you. I, I try to be not real religious. I feel like God gave me a word for you. And the word is, 
that that you are you are a great leader and God is going to use you. But then I say, but wait a minute. It doesn't matter how far you think you are from God or how close you think you are from God. God is going to use you. And he's prepping you even in this season where you think I'm not even praying. I'm not even seeking God. God is going to use you. Right. And he, and he looked at me and, and he looked at me. Thank you so much. You're right. I'm going through a hard thing. It's been very hard. He says, but, uh, but I'm going to tell you, yeah, and, 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 and this means you get close to God. Anyway, the kid was so refreshed. He goes, thank you so much for sharing with me. He was in light, and I left. At the end of the day, you know, the way I feel by obeying, I have no words. This is the mm-hmm. most significant thing that we can do, even better, right. than, even better than leading worship. Omar, you have 15 seconds left to tell those who are listening how they should listen to the Lord in terms of being his hands and feet? You know, uh, uh, we're missing the journey if we don't obey. And God uses our imagination. Mm. He gave us a sanctified imagination. Amen. And sometimes whatever we think, oh, this is not God. Sometimes God is whispering there. And Amen. We use that and, and just to, to edify the body and have faith and to pray and to encourage others. Amen. Omar, thank you so much for sharing with us today. It's been an inspiration to me and I'm sure to many others who can use your example to encourage them to be better at being the hands and feet of our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. Thank Thank you. you Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, We'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.